Well, welcome back to the Emergency Goalies. Uh, we said we'd be back to you after the series concluded with uh, the Golden Knights, and, well, it as everyone knows, it did not end the way that Hawks fans would have hoped, but, you know, we'll get into it, and, yeah. It may not have been how we hoped, but it was how we expected. Yes, it was. <laughs> so I'll let you, Michael, do... A quick recap of, if you can even remember at this point, uh, game five of the series. Sure. Um, I actually thought the Blackhawks put up a pretty good fight in the in the final round there, or in, in the final game. Uh, you know, they, they actually had the lead for a little bit. Um, Taves and Debrinkit opened up the scoring in the game and I thought it was a pretty good back and forth. Um, but eventually the, the, the golden Knights kind of, you know, started taking a bit more of the possession away. And, uh, it just kind of seemed like a matter of time before they were going to kind of grind the Blackhawks down with their superior speed, size and skill. And that's, pretty much what happened uh their big guns uh were kind of the ones that ended up doing a lot of the damage uh scored stone scored um alex took scored the uh the game winner in the third period so uh, you know kind of their three big wingers all all uh dead in the net for vegas uh crawford i thought played pretty well you know, I, the the defense didn't hold up real, real well. I mean, no. it was kind of the same as what we saw through um, the previous games. Adam Boquist was kind of overwhelmed. Uh, Mata was probably their best guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Keith struggled. Um, you know, it was uh, kind of like what we talked about. The, the Blackhawks really don't have a first-pairing defenseman at all. And arguably, they don't really even have a decent second pairing. Uh, they're they're kind of rolling with three third pairings, more or less. And uh, when you're going up against a a team like the the Golden Knights, where they can roll four lines, um, it it can get tough to compete against them. And that Vegas fourth line uh, physically dominated the Blackhawks all series. Um, the their fourth line was always in the offensive zone. They were creating havoc on the forecheck, on the back check. It was uh, a, a stark difference between yeah. their fourth line and our. The, fourth the line. talent disparity was pretty clear by the end of the series. It was right, but you know, they did not. Fox fought. Yeah, they only lost one game where you really could say they were never in it. You know they were, and really the 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 game they won was probably their worst game. It was, it was yes. It was just Crawford just stealing that game completely. Pretty much, yes. So yeah, I mean, yeah. And they beat an Oilers team that was going to make the playoffs before the yeah. shutdown. So yeah, I mean, yeah. You can't ask for much more from, as you said, a team with, you know, thirty-eight-year-old Duncan Keith, and yeah. it's like, and he's their top defenseman. And like you said, he'd be a third defenseman. Maybe second pair. Eh, yeah. 
if he had a yeah, good day. I, honestly, I think I think you could say Keith, DeHaan, and Murphy could all be the fourth, the fourth defenseman on a yeah. good team. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't I I wouldn't want any of them leading no, my no. second pairing at this point. And yeah, you know, and I, it's still better than what we had last season where we were. You know, last season there were times where we were literally yeah, AHL rolling defense. with like three guys that should be in the yeah. AHL. At least this year, uh, all six of the defensemen that we went into the playoffs with, uh, well, Boquist is still kind of uh, but in between the, other the ones AHL and the NHL. But yeah, the NHL. other five guys, absolute NHL caliber defensemen, they're just, uh, you know... Um, a couple of them are being asked to take on responsibility that's beyond them, especially in the playoffs. Well, so, baby steps, I guess. Predictable outcome. Yeah, baby steps forward. Getting. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Now we just need to kind of do the same thing with the with the forwards. Um, you know, uh, uh, last year again, it, it was better than last year, where uh, I'd say at least four or five, if not the entire bottom half of the lineup last year should have been in the AHL this year. Um, uh, I'm not real sold on Matthew Highmore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably at best he's a 13th forward. I kind of feel the same way about Ryan Carpenter. I don't think either of those guys should be the one I would, I would, regu- regular NHL I could, players. I could see some value in Kampf, but the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. Kampf is a nice, uh, versatile. He can play center. He can play wing. He at least competes defensively. He can skate with, um, you know, m- maybe not the elite guys, but he can at least hang with, um, you know, some of the the better offensive yeah, if players I had, if on I the had opposing a, team. If I was on a good team, I could see him as a winger in the fourth line. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. Give him, give him, give him some penalty kill time. He can win some faceoffs for you. Um, he competes all the way up and down the ice. He just doesn't have a lot of offense, but you know, you, you, you look at those Vegas fourth liners, they don't really have a lot of offense either. They just control the puck. They control the play. And really camp is the only one from that fourth line who does anything like that. Highmore and Carpenter, um, never control the puck. They don't really provide any offense despite the fact that Highmore, Ended up chipping in three goals, I think, between the two series, but that was more goals than he had in the regular season, and a couple of those were pretty fluky. Um, he just had kind of had some puck luck going for him, but yeah, um, you know, I, I, I would love to see um, Suter and Shaw if he is healthy inserted into the lineup next year, pushing those two guys out and. Um, you know, just roll with one of those two guys as the 13th forward. And I think, I think that would vastly improve the Hawks, um, depth. So So, I'll ask you a couple. So do you still think Corey Crawford comes back for this season? Are you more doubtful on that? I I think he's going to end up coming back. Um, I, I saw some stuff over the last couple of days where negotiations have begun with him. It sounds like the Blackhawks are offering about three and a half, which um, I kind of think splits the difference between kind of what, you know, pre-pandemic, I think a lot of the expectation was, hey, if you could get Crawford, 
you know, on a one or a two year deal at $4 million a year, you know, it'd probably be something both, both sides would agree to now with, you know, the finances and the flat cap and all that. I I think 3.5 is a reasonable number for him. Um, but it's, you know, it's still only a little more than half of what he was making, but you know, I, to me, it just seems like Crawford wants to still play in the NHL. He wants to be a starter, but he also wants to stay in Chicago. And I, I, I think they can find an accommodation. So I, I'm hoping as long as they stay kind of in that, uh, you know, right around three and a half million, 3.6, something like that, I, I'd love to see it get done. Um, however, if he does decide that that's not rich enough for him i'm of the opinion that the blackhawks should then deprioritize goaltending almost completely make sure you can hold on to the rest of your guys all the other restricted free agents and um just make do at the goaltender position you know have delia be the backup sign one of these unrestricted free agents that's maybe not very good but you know goaltenders are fluctuates so much you just roll the dice with one of them and you know you might end up with a Ray Emery or you might end up with a Marty Turco you never know Uh, you know you could get the good or the bad with it but well the um, turnover rate for goalies lately has been like ridiculous so yeah yeah and you it's just so hard to predict and with the cap being the way that it is if you can get a good goaltender like Corey Crawford locked in at a, at a, a good rate. All right, great. Uh, that, more power to you. I, I'd be happy to, to do that. But um, if if he's not willing to do that, uh, I'm I'm just not willing to to pay good money for a goaltender on a team that is essentially rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. I, Goaltender is kind of the last position that you figure out. You got to get the forwards and you got to get the defensemen. You got to get that sorted out first to me. And I don't think it does you any good to sign Corey Crawford for four or five million dollars if it costs you somebody like Dylan Strome. Um, you know, so that to me, that's the balance that the Blackhawks have to strike. Is we want to have Crawford, but we need to have it at a at, at a rate where we can keep our other guys and if we can't keep our other guys then i would like it's to not worth it yeah way. yeah yep so um i think we i think we're both in agreement this uh little postseason run might have helped that that uh olimata is gonna get moved but he might be yeah it seems like have it. some trade though you know which would be a bonus i would like to hope so yeah uh you know they still have the option to buy him out at the reduced rate um which with the flat cap definitely holds some um you know holds some value in that but my only concern with that is it you know it's only like a six hundred and seventy thousand dollar cap hit i think Mm -hmm. is what it was somewhere around there but it's for four years yeah and i don't really like spreading anything out over four years like that my preference would be if they can't find a taker for him at, at his current four million, uh, retain a million mm-hmm. and see if you can and, and, and move him 
Um, I think it would be better to uh, have a million dollar cap hit for two years than it would be to have 680 for... for yeah, and years. I don't know if it was like the playoff like atmosphere or, you know, that was the big, the playoff, the big stage or something, but he played very well in this, this yeah, series. Yeah, he was, he was, he was a little more aggressive offensively. Um, you know, I, I, I do wonder if, you know, he's just a guy that steps his, you know, he's one of the few guys that kind of stepped his intensity up. Um, so that was good to see, but I also wonder if it's just, you know, he's a little further away from all the injury, inju- injury issues that he had in, in Pittsburgh, um, and that, you know, maybe he's skating a little free and easier. I mean, he's still not fast by any stretch of the imagination, but I felt like he was um, doing a little bit better edge work and uh, stopping and starting a little better. And so, hey, yeah, maybe maybe he's fully healthy now as opposed to, you know, what he could have, what he might have been at the beginning well, of the year. Yeah. And I also think it helps that he he has formed some chemistry with Slater Cuckoo. Yes. Uh, but the team might get a someone to trade for might get a little more than they bargained for yeah. if he is healthy. Well, yeah, and you know the other option would be okay, you trade him and you know you take somebody who has a two million dollar salary or something mm-hmm. back. Um, you know, uh, I mean, they definitely if they do something like that, they would definitely they would more than likely have to move somebody else mm-hmm. to or, like, choose not to re-sign Kajula or something like that. Which might happen um, anyway. But, yeah. But I, to me, I'd, I'd rather do something like that than have that cap hit um, spread out over over four years. And the same kind of goes with Zach Smith. Um, I'd almost rather them bury him in the minors. Yeah. Um, and... You know, just take the one-year cap hit rather than spreading his cap hit out over two years where, uh, you know, we talk about the flat cap for next year. It's very likely yeah, for the two flat years. cap is going to be in place for two years. Um, so I don't want Zach Smith's contract hanging over their heads two years from now. So I think they really need to do what they can to minimize, to, to not buy either guy out. And I, I just hope they get creative with that. And to me, if that means that you don't re-sign Corey Crawford, I'm fine with that. Blackhawks aren't winning the Stanley Cup next no. year. I'd rather eat the cap damage right now. And set it and up for a couple years. Lose, yeah, and lose five extra games because you because you, your goaltending is worse than screw up two years from now and three years from now. I, to me, that's the sacrifice you, you have to make. you got to... Get Crawford at the right number or don't get Crawford at all and just sign somebody for a million dollars to pair with Delia and just see what happens. You never know. Well, you know, I was going to ask, I was, because I was thinking about this today, someone asked me that what's the mechanics of the upcoming season? I know the draft's like October 7th, but they're starting in January, would they, you think, the season? I, I think that's kind of what they're talking about is like, uh, I think I've heard some say maybe December. Um, I wonder how that would work. Cause you always have like the, the holiday roster freeze and all that. So I, I kind of wonder if they just wait until, you know, right after new year's or maybe they kick off the season with the winter classic on, on new year's day. I mean, that might be a nice, um, starting point for them. 
And so, yeah, and, and that kind of goes along with what we've been seeing of late of uh, prospects and, you know, even some of the guys that are kind of borderline roster players, some of the younger players and some of the European players, you're seeing the Blackhawks and other teams loan them to European mm-hmm. teams. And the point of that is to let these guys play in the fall where those leagues are happening. And then once the NHL season begins, once training camp begins, those guys can return and, you know, compete for jobs in the NHL and or play in the AHL for you. So, you know, we've already seen it. You know, we talked about uh, Suter a couple of times, who's our, you know, our, our European free agent signing this year. Hawks just loaned him back to the Swiss League. A different team than he played last year, but um, he'll be back in the same league that he was playing until whenever training camp begins, mm-hmm. in which time he'll return. A um, couple of the prospects, uh, same same sort of deal. Um, uh, uh, I want to say Philip Kurashev, um, who's a guy who got a little bit of pub during the, the restart. Mm-hmm. Apparently he played pretty well um, in the camp prior to um, uh, the playoff restart. Uh, he's a guy that uh, missed some time with Rockford, but he's one of the few offensively uh, guys with a little bit of offensive potential. He's probably more like a third liner Mm -hmm. if he's going to make the NHL, but um, he's a guy that they also loaned to Europe. Um, Michael Tepley is another prospect that I saw um, is going over there. So, yeah, so you're going to see some things like that 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 are going to be a little different. Uh, Like you said, the draft, I think, was originally scheduled for the 9th and the 10th Mm -hmm. of October. But I did see a tweet from somebody today where they're talking about moving it up to like the sixth and the seventh. Um, but yeah, so that'll be mid October. So, and we're gonna get another know. shortened season, basically, not as short yeah. as, but yeah. So if they start at the beginning of January, you're basically looking at like um, the 2015 season, yeah, uh, coming out of the lockout, which was a 48 game season. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that's what they're kind of shooting for is like a 50 game season, something like that. Yeah. So to try to get and hope back on with schedule fans in the stadium, but I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, but just to get back on schedule, because you know, yeah. if you keep going until, you know, if you have the finals in September every year, then that's what you're going to do. You have to reset, and that's what they're trying to do. Uh, honestly, I wouldn't be completely opposed to it. Um, I don't think it's in the NHL's best interest to. Um, have their season so aligned with the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if the NHL doesn't move, the NBA might. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's better to have your finals align with, you know, the the doldrums of the major league mm-hmm. season than it is to have, you know, your finals happening at basically the same time as the NBA finals. True. And, you know, kind of more of the start of the major league season when they're, you know, they're still kind of building interest in that. And so... The only thing you worry about uh, now is that you're kind of veering into the NFL and college football. So that's... Well, right. This year is bad. You can't go as long as they are this year where but you extend, like, where your Stanley Cup finals are going to be during the NFL. If it's like during the August NFL 15th finals, right. yeah. Yeah, or, you know, it, you may not even have to go to August, you know, July, just yeah. late July, something like that. Um, 
I think it would be beneficial. And then that way, you know, they don't necessarily, you know, because the, the training camps would be starting in like two weeks. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they usually start in mid-September yes. or late September. Because the preseason so, start, yeah. No, the preseason yeah. start in late September, so, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I think, you know, maybe starting in November and then going until late July, you know, something like that would would maybe be better. Um, that way you get, you know, you you have your regular season, you, you, you get people to be able to go to games, you know, over the holidays, mm-hmm. you know, winter break and that. Then you got, you know, you're still going to have January, February where, it's, you know, it's difficult for people to travel to games and whatever. But, um, you know, then you get spring and spring break and, but then you're also taking advantage of after school mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, families would be, you know, maybe more willing to go to, to weeknight games late in the season. Um, if there's summer, they yeah. to get up for school the next morning. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think, I, I think it's something that they should consider. All right. Well, I think our next episode of this will probably be, we can shoot for about right before the draft. Yeah, I think we should do a. I can do a draft preview in early October, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe the week before the draft, and then maybe we can do another one after the draft to kind of to, to recap exactly. whoever the Hawks take. But yeah, and this will um, be a big deal because I think this will be the cutoff for for my own purposes. I label these episodes, and this has been season two, so I think yeah. the next one will be season three. So we'll okay, so I'm good with that. I'm good with that. All right, so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, why don't we take, yeah, let's take like a n- nice month break here, mm-hmm. uh, return in early October and start off the new season with the draft preview. That's right. And so I guess I'll go out on this. I'll ask you, uh, what's your prediction for the Stanley cup? I think Vegas will win. Okay. I just, I, I like the way they're playing. Um, uh, I think it'll be Vegas, Tampa Bay, um, in the finals, I do think Tampa Bay has a very good chance. Um, I, I, I personally wouldn't mind seeing Tampa Bay win. I think they've built their team the right way. They're one of those teams that's been hanging around um, for a long time. Uh, they honestly had a slightly better team than the Blackhawks um, when the Hawks won their third championship, but you just kind of felt like Tampa Bay wasn't, you know, their, their young guys weren't weren't quite ready for it you know like maybe they were um the 2009 blackhawks um and that you know maybe the next year was going to be their their year haven't quite made it back yet but i think this year might be their year so i wouldn't mind seeing that happen um but i don't know i i just i like the way vegas is playing um i'd I'd give them the slight edge right now Um, well that's it um, I just want a good. I just want a good finals. Yes, I'm going with uh, the Lightning are going to win over Dallas in the finals. Okay, All right. but yeah, I think this is they finally get their crap together. The the Lightning and um, stop being the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, that's a good comparison. Yeah. The Lightning have basically been the Dodgers. The best team finally wins. So that's my prediction. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'm, I'd be good with that. I, honestly, I. I you know the the stars kind of play boring mm-hmm. sometimes, but all four of the teams remaining, uh, 
I'm good with watching any of them play. Um, I, I think Dallas probably has the least odds of winning. Yes. But, I mean, I they're... I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they can win. I mean, I'd maybe give Dallas like a 10% chance, mm-hmm. the Islanders like a 15% chance, and then a pretty even split between Vegas and Tampa Bay. Um, yeah. You know, for the for the other 75%. And I will say this for the Islanders. Like, Barry Trotz, my God, is that guy a good coach? Yeah, he's a good coach. And, you know, I, I really like watching Matthew Barr's all play. He's a he's a heck of a talent. Um, they did a really great job of um, holding that team together after losing Tavares and kind of you know rebuilding it pretty quickly. Um, and you know that's the kind of thing where you know losing out on the top ten draft pick. You know you, you can't lose hope completely. You know the the Islanders drafted Barzal in the middle of the first round and then Beauvillier later in the same round, you know, that's going to be right around in the area where the Blackhawks are drafting, kind of right in between those two picks, actually. I think I think Barzal was 15th and the Blackhawks will be choosing 17th. So, hey, you know, and the Blackhawks are also choosing right around the spot where they where they uh, took Teravainen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can still find pretty darn good players in the middle of the first round. It's just a little more challenging. Sometimes you got to wait a little longer for him to develop. But yeah, I'm I'm still looking forward to this draft. All right, and uh, I guess we'll talk to you then, right before the draft. We'll have right, a Stanley Cup good. winner by then. Uh, Michael, yep. you're on Twitter. MJ underscore Ernst, and I'm STH85. And yeah, it was a good run for the Blackhawks. And yeah, we'll see you next year.